Did you take my shirt? No. Okay. Should I just jump in? I know you have a haunting story today, too, so I'm very interested to hear what you have in store for us today. I think you should go first. Yeah. Okay. That's a great. (laughs) So I was typing up, like, I, I, when I do my research for stories, I write it down so that I'm not like jumping from like screen to screen and mm-hmm. um and it's just faster for me and then I like type it out and put it in like the orders that I need well last night or sorry yesterday I was typing it up and I should have been the good human and saved it but I left it open because like I had to go back to work I left it out because I was like I'll finish it when I get home and mm-hmm. well Rick I don't know if it was him or what, but my computer got shut down in the process. And uh, normally you can like go back in and like, it will say like recovered, like it will like actually save it for you. But for some reason it, it, I clicked on it to like say recover and it was just like a blank screen. Oh no. Um, Yeah. So instead I just realized that when I went to, I was like, I need to center myself. I needed to go to the other computer and so I'll be reading off of these just notes that I just jotted down I think that's pretty awesome very raw and authentic raw and authentic hopefully I don't forget anything you're like a real artist you did the real research and you wrote it down on a piece of paper <gasps> well just call me little Wayne <laughs> call me little Wayne. <laughs> why you said an artist <laughs> What has he seen? Um, <laughs> it was the first person that popped into my head. Soldier Boy? No. Oh, he's that's, seen that's that. That's a different la, 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 lollipop. La, 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 lollipop. I, I'm pretty sure he sings that song. Uh, Little Wayne, if you're listening, we there was a time I did listen to you. I promise. <laughs> well, call me John Wayne. <laughs> call me John Wayne. <laughs> Uh, so this story uh, uh, happened on April 4th, 2006, and a 45-year-old cast member that worked at Disneyland Ooh, Paris. Paris. Yeah, Paris. So in the Haunted Mansion over in Paris is actually called the Phantom Manor. So mm. a 45-year-old cast member that worked there for 14 years um, was doing electrical work uh backstage of the phantom manor and uh he was there for a while and then all of a sudden like he didn't show up to like do other stuff and um around 10 o'clock in the morning uh, he was found lifeless uh by other cast members lifeless on the ground so they didn't they did an investigation and it turns out that um he was electric electrocuted um, and of course, like they shut down the ride immediately, and but that was it. Like it was really sad. Like, can you imagine just all, like doing your work and then all of a sudden being electrocuted, and that's it? And you, you died on the haunted mansion, and you died up on the haunted mansion. Um, was he there? His body there all night? Um, it didn't say if he d- it ha- happened in the morning or at nighttime. I'm gonna guess it's he was like doing it during the day because the 
he was working like or early morning because he was that's when they do maintenance on the rides is at night yeah. so I'm I'm guessing he did it like at night or early in the morning before they opened and then mm. they found him at 10 o'clock in the morning that that same morning so just that was it's really short and sweet but uh very very sad All right, I, it wasn't sweet yeah short and sad <laughs> wasn't but, sweet I don't know if you've already said, but you know, when you like try to scatter your ashes in Disney World, people do it a lot in the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. They'll vacuum it right up. That is crazy. Well, (laughs) I don't know. Like, it would be cool to like have your ashes scattered on the Haunted Mansion, but for it to just get, for it to just get vacuumed up. Put in the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) This sucks, dude. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I guess it doesn't matter once you're dead. How do they know, though? I guess I mean there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure they see people doing it. Oh, so you were like super discreet about it, like. But even if it like you put it in something and threw it like in. You you know it would be a really great idea if like you put the ashes like into like some sort of like fake penny metal, and through the penny like. Where people throw all yeah. the change, like in the parts of the Caribbean, that way they wouldn't know. You could like you could uh, melt the penny down, mm-hmm. and, and then, then mold it, remold it with the ashes. Yeah, and then throw it into any ride because they don't pick up the change in rides. No. Ooh, and then you're a penny, a penny for good luck. Yeah. Oh. Uh- Okay, Disney if anyone's like, please stop giving people ideas. <laughs> if anyone does that, please do not say you got it from us. <laughs> that is a good idea, though. Good job, Katie. I just thought of that on the fly. So you're welcome. Hey, real quick. Uh, I forgot to do this earlier. We forgot to do this earlier. This episode is actually dedicated to our first. Our mother. Our first Patreon subscriber. Who so- is our sweet mother. Candy Colbert. Yep. Candy Colbert. And uh, thank you for being our very first Patreon donor. Um, yes. Thank you so much. That is, was not expecting that at all. So mm-hmm. if you want to donate to our Patreon, it's only $5 a month, which I feel like is like a pretty good deal. Yeah. And you get all access to our videos and like behind the scenes, uncut versions of our recordings. Yeah. Um, which are pretty funny because like we do a lot of cuts and there's yeah, a lot there's of like lot. dog interruptions and just mm-hmm. like take that out. Like, hold on, the kids are yelling. <laughs> yeah, or like I say something really dumb and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. So please, please, please be our uh Patreon donor so that we can get better equipment and um you get something in return and it's tax deductible. Ooh, yeah, tax deductible, baby. Thank you so much. And I hope that she listens to this and um, here's our thanks. She probably will, though, because she's a subscriber. Yes. And thank you for everyone else, too, that has reached out and has just expressed their liking for the podcast and the positive feedback that we've been getting it's very much appreciated so appreciated and the kind words like you have no idea like 
when that here you had a friend that messaged you and I I was like I got butterflies I was like smitten from ear to ear that was so it's really yeah and it's really nice to hear from other artists as well who like are other or like other creatives to just get positive feedback yeah absolutely so we nice and we we really appreciate it we appreciate it and also if you do have uh you know, some positive or even negative. That's okay. I really don't want to read negative feedback, but I mean, hey, negative feedback is constructive criticism. So yeah, just don't say that we sound awful or something. That that would really suck. Do do a review on it. Yeah, like ratings. Yeah, on, you can reach out to us on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, Apple Music and Spotify. Can you give ratings on Spotify? No, but do it on Apple Podcasts or. Uh, iTunes definitely Apple We've, Music Apple Music and I think you can do ratings on uh Facebook too oh Facebook yeah I don't use Apple Music so I don't know a whole lot about it iTunes uh iTunes yeah yeah you can do uh ratings on iTunes definitely oh I have something for you okay are you ready if you were born 14 years ago how old would you be uh 14, 12. <laughs> if you were born 14 years ago, how old would you be? 12. <laughs> <laughs> you were born 14 years ago. Oh, one. <laughs> what? I'd be zero years old. <laughs> Fourteen years old. Yes, <laughs> you'd be fourteen. I was close. <laughs> you were. That was really cute. <laughs> I saw uh, it on like a meme or something, and I was looking at everyone's answers, and it was cracking me up. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> really, you got me. You got, I got me. You. I got you. <laughs> Do you want to tell your story? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> good joke. You should put that in. Okay. I will. I wanted to make sure you're okay with it first. <laughs> you really got me. <laughs> I'm like 12. <laughs> I'd be 12. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's <been> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> My story is a topic that may be hard for some of you, so for some, so viewer discretion is advised for today's, for my story anyways today. Before we start, I want to bring awareness to the topic, um, which is the high numbers of gun violence within the school system in the U.S. Organizations across the U.S. are working to put an end to this gun violence in schools that puts kids students and educators at risk in a place they and their families expect to be safe. Since 1970, 43% of all school shootings were committed by 18 under 18, year old, 18 years old. Nearly half of the shooters were students who attended the school. And almost two-thirds of the shootings were targeted attacks at a specific student or teacher. According to data from the Center for Homeland Security, Defense and Security, we can work together to prevent future shootings. 
If you'd like to make a contribution, you can make a donation today at protectourschools.com. At protectourschools.com? Yes, protectourschools.com. Um, they are a nonprofit organization that works towards um, ending gun violence within schools. Wow. Yeah. So I just wanted to read that bit that I have. I wrote up just to give awareness to it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, a part of like our podcast and everything was like kind of to also bring awareness to certain topics within the world. Um, in this case, the U.S. has the highest um, percentages of school shootings, which is such a tragic tra- tragedy um, to happen yeah. um, to, you know, people so young and the teachers as well who put their lives at risks every day. Um, so I have that once I, I have that laid out, <laughs> it is a little bit heavy. So if you'd like to skip for to Amy's story, I totally understand. But um, I think it is an important topic to talk about. It is. Today, we will be talking about Mitchell Scott Johnson. Mitchell was born August 11th, 1984. Johnson, who was 13 years old during the attack, along with middle school classmate and cousin Andrew Golden, he was 11 years old, ambushed teachers and fellow students in the backyard of Westside Middle School in Jonesboro, Arkansas, on March 24th, 1998, killing five and wounding 10 people, four students and one teacher. He, uh, they killed four students, one teacher. He had, uh, I'm guessing, a, a, like an AR or something like that. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to give like the basic of the story and then we're going to kind of go into the beginning and okay. the, the rest of Michael, Mitchell. I said Michael, didn't I? I don't remember. Did I say, did I say Michael? It's Mitchell Scott Johnson. Mitchell, okay. Um, when I was reading it, I thought it was Michael Scott, like from the office. And I was like, oh, that's funny. No, not Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Mitchell Scott. I wrote Michael Scott in a lot of my notes. Um, but then I had to change it because I didn't want to confuse myself. Right, right. Yeah. But um, so during this time, this this occurred during um, the rash of schoolyard shootings accumulating with the Columbine High School massacre. So it happened yeah. around that general time. So a little bit about Michael or Michael, oh my God, dude, <laughs> Mitchell Johnson. I'm just going to go from his last name, Mick Johnson. Johnson came from a broken home. Um, no surprise there. His father left at a young age and his mother had remarried an inmate at the prison where she was a guard. That is a bit rough. Yeah. Johnson reportedly had a good relationship with his stepfather and siblings. Although adults adults who knew him described him as quiet and respectful. He also faithfully attended church and sang in the choir, choir. So on his like family side of things, you know, he was kind of the sweet little quiet church kid but his fellow students told a different story about kind of a darker side that he showed at school really yeah they said he was a brag rat brat braggart i didn't really get that braggart b-r-a-g-g-a-r-t you know what that means a person who boasts Mm, yeah very boastful i can see that yeah braggart and a bully 
So he's a very boastful and he was not nice. Sounds he like also, Yeah. He would also talk of wanting to belong to gains and he smoked the devil's lettuce. <gasps> not the devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. He also spoke of having a lot of killings to do and had a super big grudge against Shannon Wright, um, a teacher at Westboro. Was she one of his teachers? Or Westboro. Did I say Westboro? Westside Middle School in Jonesboro. Shannon Wright, I think, was one of his teachers. Yeah. He did not like her. Wow. Yeah. He also had an obsession with vulgar music, firearms, and violent television shows. Everything probably kind of reflecting onto him and making him want to be this, like, super badass, like, bad kid. Right. Yeah. In the summer of 1997, during a visit to his uncle's house, Johnson sexually molested a two-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. A bit heavy. Wow. Sorry. Um, Sorry. I forgot I put that in my notes. That's okay. Um, Wow. So he was... um, He was about 13 at that time. Uh... No, you'd be a little bit older. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how old he maybe was at that time. But um, at the time of the shooting, he was also charged with that crime and was facing trial for it. So the, uh, he, the assault on the little girl. He correct. Okay. So that happened before the shooting, but still it, it, the, that was tied to into uh, his trial for the shooting as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Johnson had reportedly started planning the attack at least one month in advance. He and Andrew Golden, a friend of his, stole seven weapons for a month from Johnson's stepfather's massive firearm collection. Oh, my On gosh. the night of March 23rd, that's my birthday, <sighs> 1998. I was, you were three. I was three years old. Little baby me. Little baby Johnson. Me. Johnson and Golden loaded his mother's van with weapons, snacks, food, stuffed animals, and camping supplies and went to sleep. They were young enough to be like, what should we bring with us? Probably our stuffies. I mean, same. <laughs> no. Like, they're like, so we're getting ready to um, commit a notorious crime and murder several people. What should we bring with us? Mm, I kind of want to bring Teddy with me. (laughs) He makes me comfy. The next day, Johnson stole his mother's keys and drove to the school with Golden. Johnson parked the van in the middle of the woods outside of the backyard of the school, planning to return once the massacre was over. Johnson sat on... How old was he again? He was in middle school. He was 13 at this time. Okay, okay. Yeah, so not old enough to drive, so he right. stole his mother's car. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I wonder how his driving was and how that he didn't get caught going to the school, but maybe there was, like, no authority around. Yeah. I don't know. I don't or, see like, a 13. 13- or maybe, like, the, the schools are normally, like, in neighborhoods. Maybe uh, yeah. he lived in that neighborhood, so it wasn't. Like, yeah, no major maybe, roadways. Yeah, or maybe, like, you know, his mom, like, or his dad in the past has, like, had, like, given had him, him driving lessons. Yeah. 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 
um, that's a possibility. Yeah. But they ended up uh, kind of put camp, putting camp. They sat on a hill in the backyard of the school while Golden went inside and pulled a fire alarm. So they are at the school. They kind of parked the car up on a hill. Uh, Golden went inside. He pulled a fire alarm. Then Golden ran back and rejoined him at the hill with his weapon. Um, I'm guessing that they're out of sight or they either were in sight. I don't know. There was not like a lot of description of, you know, if they, the car was inside of the school. Right. But as the students and teachers filed out of the building, thinking it was a routine fire drill, Johnson and Golden opened fire on them. So it was enough distance for them to open fire on them. Um, After firing for five minutes, four students and a teacher were killed and 10 more were wounded. Oh, my gosh. At the time. As the police arrived on the scene, Johnson and Golden ran into the woods back to the van, but they failed to outrun the officers that were pursuing them and were both arrested. Good. Yeah. So I wonder how he got his friend to, like, persuade him into doing it. I didn't do a whole lot of research on the friend just because, like, Johnson seemed to be the main planner. Right. And, like, person involved. in this case that's just it's really sad because like when people choose to do something like this normally they're not right in the mind correct and so this kid is probably like oh yeah that'd be so dope dude like you know he probably didn't had had no idea what he was actually getting himself into Mm -hmm. so I mean I I'm only speaking I have no idea about this case whatsoever so uh I think, no, I think that you're right because, like, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot about Golden being kind of, like, not in the right state of mind. It was mostly, like, Johnson right. kind of reflecting as, like, a bad kid and, like, a secret, secretly bad kid. And there was no real motive out of it. Like, it just, they just did it. Like, there was no reasoning when they were questioned. There was no, like, you know, I had, like, a personal vendetta. Besides that one Against. teacher, but he didn't go after that one teacher. Yeah, it was like everyone. Yeah, it was so, everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, they were both in jail for four months and the trial began on August 11th, 1998, um, just a few months. Oh, I see. Okay. So they the shooting. I see. Okay. The trial began on Johnson's 14th birthday. They are both convicted on five counts of murder, 10 counts of attempted murder, and seven counts of illegal firearm possession. However, wow. yeah, however, and you're not going to like this, I, and nobody's going to like this, <laughs> the maximum sentence that could be imposed on a minder under Arkansas's law was to be held until their 18th birthday. So, so if they got life, it ends at the age of 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of knew that. So obviously outraged many people in Jonesboro and it led to changes in law eventually in Arkansas regarding the prosecution of minors, which is good. That's good. In this case, not good, but in future cases, good. However, the firearm counts were all federal, so they would only be held until age 21. So they got held until they were 21, I'm guessing. Yep. So, 
we'll get into their release, but I kind of want to like give a background of what their behaviors were Mm -hmm. reflected on the media. So the media reported they both wept in custody and showed remorse. They also both asked for a Bible. Yeah. And they're young kids, like they're babies. They both asked for a Bible and a minister. But the guards at the Jonesboro Jail told reporters that this was only an act. Yeah. They they said that boys slept and ate well and for the most most part seemed unaware of the severity of their crime. They yeah. only acted the way when their parents were present and fellow in, inmates of the facility told reporters that they bragged about their crimes. And well, that was that was Mitchell's tight that was his personality he liked to brag yeah he they bragged about the crimes and they have particularly about the murder of shannon wright johnson's now deceased teacher that he did oh like. he did shoot her yeah so shannon wright was one event i'll at the end i'll kind of go i'll i'm gonna give like a right okay full memorial to everyone yeah. who was murdered but shannon wright was actually one of uh the uh, teachers was the te- teacher that was um, one of the big that passed away. Oh, yeah. So they re- were released at the age of 21, August 11th, 2005. And Johnson was allowed to buy and own firearms. Too. No, he was not. He was allowed to buy firearms and, and own them. But in interviews, with Johnson's mother, she said that Johnson had plans to leave Jonesboro and become a Baptist minister. Oh, sure, sure. Wanting to turn his life around. He mm. has found the light. He has found religion. Um, Golden, his friend, was released uh, two years later, uh, May 25th, 2007. Golden was younger than Johnson. Oh, God. Oh, no. He was only 11. Yeah, dude. Oh, my gosh. Golden was just a baby. That's um, like that's like our nephew. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, sorry. It's really sad. It's really They're just sad. babies. And you know, Johnson seems like he is more aware of his surroundings. I'm not sure about Golden. He's, you know, they're just children. Yeah. Um on January 1st, 2007. Uh, Johnson was arrested after a traffic stop in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on misdemeanor charges of carrying a weapon, a loaded nine millimeter piece of pistol. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> blended all those words. And possession of a 21.2 and <laughs> I do not know how to say how much marijuana. He was in possession of marijuana, like a lot of it. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was allowed to buy firearms, though. Uh, I would say maybe he didn't have the correct permitting for it. Um, like it Uh, uh, might not not have been registered to him or something. Yeah, correct. Like maybe would have probably was unregistered and not like in his name. So, right, right. That makes sense. The van Johnson was riding in was registered to him. The driver was a 22 year old Justin Trammell. Trammell and Johnson actually met at Alexander Youth Services Correctional Facility in Alexander, Arkansas. Wow. And Trammell was incarcerated after pleading guilty to the 1999 crossbow murder of his father. 
that sounds like a great pair for for each other. Yeah. And I thought he yeah. wanted to be a uh, minister. So why are you hanging out? <laughs> other murderers? Why I have questions. I so have questions. Justin was only 15 when he murdered his father. And the two were actually roommates. They were roommates. They were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> um, uh, not in the correctional facility. Sorry. They were roommates in real life. Like right. outside I, person. Yeah. Yeah. So when the officers asked for the address, they gave them the same. The, the officers were like, well, damn, dude. Murders. Murders pairing up nowadays. Well, uh. They say misery loves company. Maybe murderers love company too. Ooh, misery. I like that. Misery loves company. That's true. Um, Trammell was cited for careless driving, but was released. Johnson was arrested for possession of marijuana and a loaded weapon and later released on a $1,000 bond. Oh, whatever. Yeah. There's people still in prison for life for the possession of marijuana. And it's legal now, like everywhere. I'm sure that there's people that are working on it, but those people should be released. Yeah. That's I know certain instances too, like it was the I don't know, the situation and not so much like the possession of something, but yeah. Um a bit ridiculous. But thousand dollar bond seems a little cheap for someone who was also a murderer or a serial murderer. Trust me. Um, I don't talk to me about bonds. I'm very angry about that situation. Okay. <laughs> so Johnson was set to have a court appearance again in January 26, 2007 at the Washington County Arkansas Courthouse. He was ended up being indicted by a federal grand jury on October 24th, 2007. So it was pushed back to a few dates. Um, mm-hmm. um, for possession of for a few days. It was pushed back a few days. <laughs> um, yeah, he was um, convicted by a federal grand jury on October 24th, 2007 for possession of a firearm while uh-huh. in possession of a controlled substance. The, wow. yeah, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Arkansas reported that Johnson pleaded not guilty and was released on a $5,000 bond. His trial began the next year, January 28, 2008. After two days of testimony from the prosecution and the defense witness, Johnson was found guilty on a charge of possession of a weapon and while being a drug user. A drug user. Yeah, so this guy cannot get out of trouble. He is is getting himself into it. And Sounds uh, like his path to ministry is not working out for him. Yeah. <laughs> His mom is like, I thought you were going to become a minister. Now you're just a criminal. I am, mom. It doesn't happen overnight. Just a way of life, mom. Gosh. Gosh. Gosh, mom. Pull now to smoke marijuana and be a minister. And be a murderer. And be a murderer. Jeez. <laughs> so February 20, 2000. No, I'm sorry. In February 2008. Just a few days after his conviction, Johnson was arrested again, this time for a possession of marijuana at the convenience store he worked at, and on on suspicion of using a stolen credit card. Um, In September 2008, U.S. District 
judge Jimmy Larry, Jim, Jimmy, Jim Larry Hendren sentenced my, Michael Mitchell, I said Michael again, Mitchell Johnson to four years in prison on the weapon and drug charges. And in sentencing, the judge expressed dismay that Johnson had not taken advantage of the chance he had to not, he had to go straight. And Judge Hendren's words, he told Johnson, no matter your sentence, you still have a life. Those killed in 1998 do not. So this judge didn't give it to him lightly. Um, You know, the other judges kind of sounded like it was something they wanted to kind of push off their table. And this guy was like, no, no, no. No. Like, I'm not going to let you get by with this. Um, On October 7th, 2008, Johnson's pleaded guilty to a felony felony theft charge and misdemeanor possession of marijuana. He admitted he stole a debit card left by a disabled man at the Bentonville gas station where he worked and used it to purchase a meal at a local Burger King. Mm. He had big big aspirations for that stolen debit card. Sure did. He was like, I really want a Big Mac. That's McDonald's. (laughs) I really want a Whopper. I still really want a Whopper and a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Whopper and a Mr. Pibb. And a Mr. (laughs) Pibb. He also admitted that at the time he was arrested, he was in possession of marijuana. The devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. (laughs) So um, just a month after, um, Johnson, who is now 24, was sentenced to 12 years in prison for the theft charge and misdemeanor possession charges. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? He spent more time in jail for a debit card. Oh, I'm fine. I hate the justice system so much. (laughs) I hate it so so much. So Johnson could have faced up to 30 years. The sentence of 12 years was chosen because Johnson technically had no criminal record for the Jonesboro shooting. What the Um. Yeah, they technically couldn't use it from against him because like it was, it was sealed. A, yeah, it was a minor. Yep. <laughs> so <I'm> fine. <laughs> the next year, um, January twenty third, two thousand nine, Johnson was sentenced to six additional years in prison for an additional charge of theft by committing financial identity fraud. Oh, uh, for, for the using debit card. The, for, yeah, for using the stolen card to purchase a meal. From the local Burger King. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the court, like, <laughs> you're being convicted of theft of financial identity fraud for using a stolen debit card to purchase a big whopper at the local Burger King, and that everyone's is, like, eye roll. <laughs> that's very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the circuit judge, William Story, told Johnson, you continue to run, dude, a foul of the law. He didn't say, dude, I just threw that in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hopeful this is the last time. They're like, can you stop? Like, <laughs> this is annoying. Like, just please stop being terrible. <laughs> don't do that. So this charge brought Johnson a combined state sentence to 18 years. Okay. So... He will have to complete his federal sentence of four years before serving his 18-year state sentence. He will will likely remain incarcerated well into his 30s and possibly forever, showing he has the inability to stop. 
Wow. So now 2009, uh, 18 years, 18 minus is nine, uh, he'll be in jail 2026, out of jail 2026. Uh, That's soon. I'm going to do that. I'm going to count my fingers. Yeah, 26, 2026. So he just has a few years left. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was the story of the um piece of trash. Piece of trash, Mitchell Scott Johnson, the West Side Mill School, Jonesboro shooting. Um, I just want to give a moment to respect the victims of the 1998 shooting. Those who uh, lives were lost lost were Natalie Brooks, she was age 11, Paige Ann Herring, age 12, Stephanie Johnson, age 12, no relation to Mitchell Johnson, Brittany R. Varner, age 11, and Shannon Wright, age 32, who was their teacher. Babies. And that is my story. I'm sorry it was very heavy, but I thought it was yeah. I thought it was an important message to kind of like bring awareness of the terrible absolutely of gun violence in schools in the u.s and i i mean i do believe i i'm not going to state what i believe but i also i do believe there should be some uh that you should be supporting uh nonprofits that are choosing to protect our schools yeah and our children absolutely our children and our teachers and those people who are putting an effort towards the future of our world yeah there, those teachers are literally teaching the future leaders of our world, yeah. and they need to be protected along with the future, ooh, along with the future leaders of our world. Those children. Yep. Thank so, you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to hear a par- paranormal or haunting haunting story. I got very excited uh, doing this one. I started a couple stories and then basically like s- scrapped them all. And I was like, I want to do something super spooky for Friday the 13th. So I'm going to tell you about Crescent Hotel. Yay. Yay. So it's located at 75 Prospect Avenue, Eureka Springs, Air- Arkansas. It was, uh, it's still there. So you can still visit it. It was built in 1886, and it was considered the new up-and-coming luxurious hotel in America. Ooh. Yeah. Um, But it was also proclaimed, it is also proclaimed as one of the most haunted hotels in America. Yeah. Um, It has five stories, 78 rooms, and it sits on Eureka Springs, on the top of Eureka Springs Mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been in operation since 1886, but it hasn't always, I hate that one. Don't do that. That one's cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm playing with my filters right now. <laughs> um, I'm listening. So it, it's, uh, it's been in operation since 1886, but it hasn't always been a hotel. So, uh, in the late 1930s, it was actually um, a fraudulent cancer hospital 
that was known for having its own morgue. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, and so this hotel was so luxurious, uh, they actually brought in specialists from Ireland to help cut the special limestone that was dug up um, yeah. that was used for this uh, construction. That was actually how bougie this hotel was. Um, so <laughs> I have to tell you about this. Uh, it, it really has nothing to do with the hotel itself, but I thought it was really cute. So, um, I mean, it has to do with the hotel, but I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, so on May 1st, 1886, a tabby cat walked into the lobby and he never left. Uh, he ended up being basically like he became the, like the mascot of, of the hotel and he was even dubbed like the general manager. I love that. That is so cute. <laughs> I know. So he just lived there and people like they got lucky if they got to see him or pet him or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he they actually made his own pet door for him so he could come and go as he pleased. Aww. And isn't that cute? So he he at age 21 he did actually die because that, that was a very long time for a cat. Yeah. Um and for his memorial, three over 300 people showed up to his memorial. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That for is the a cat. Problem. For the banana, yeah, for the banana. What for for the for the banana, <laughs> the banana memorial. For the bananas. How many people showed up? <laughs> um, and uh, he was buried on property, and his name was uh, Morris, Morris Aww. the tabby cat. Um, tabby cat. But to this day, people can still uh, see him be- or have sightings of him because. Um, over by where they have like a picture of him and this poem that was read at his memorial, um, people can feel like a cat like rubbing up on their legs. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, and like they look down and there's nothing there. Mm. So yeah, pretty. I like that little snippet of just a it fun is a little cat. tabby cat. They had lots of other cats after the fact. What was like, the cat's like, name again? Morris. Morris. Morris the cat. Morris the ghost cat. The ghost cat. They had lots of other cats. Like it kind of became like a thing. They're like, oh, we have to have a cat. Um, mm-hmm. But none of them were as special as Morris. So, not obviously not. Yeah. In the spring of 1930, um, John, I'm going to butcher this. Sorry. John Truvis, uh, true, yeah, Truvis. John Truvis and his wife, um, uh, Lula, um, uh, his, Lula was dying of cancer and they tried everything to, uh, treat her cancer and and nothing was working. Yeah. Um, and that's when they heard of Norman Baker and Norman Baker, um, actually was using the hotel as his self-proclaimed cancer treatment center um so that's when it like it changed to a a hospital or a center for cancer yeah Mm -hmm. um and sorry kind of just like jumped like a whole decade fine uh so 
Uh, it eventually became a center for cancer treatment. For cancer treatment, yeah. And so John and his wife, Luna, heard of Norman Baker. Well, um, Norman Baker was actually kind of like a jack of all trades. He started out as a Vanderbilt magician, which is basically like, think of like the common circus. Mm-hmm. Like he was a magician uh, in, at, at this like uh, Vanderbilt, which is like a circus type of theme uh, okay. show. And then he, from there, he uh, what became an inventor and then mm-hmm. he turned into a millionaire businessman. Mm-hmm. He, he had his own radio show and um, now he's a cancer doctor without any day of medical training oh (laughs) wow wait how did he become a billionaire he just faked it till he he made made it basically yeah faked it it till he made it faked it till he made it yeah (laughs) i Um, said faked it till he made it (laughs) well that's the same yeah um but his radio show on his radio station that he owned um the letters for the call letters you know how they like have like hey yeah you know what I'm talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. It was KTNT, which was known, uh, which meant um, know the naked truth. Um, and he on there, he would like rant and rave about uh, like uh, the way medical, big pharma and medical practices, like they just want your money and that sort of stuff. And they don't care about treating you. Yeah, And he would like, uh try to get people to do uh alternative medicine instead of like going to the doctor and getting medicine mm-hmm. like he would he would talk about alternative medicine so um yeah so that's he's just he was very flamboyant he had a uh always wore a white suit with a purple tie hmm. um that sounds Sounds like something like someone would wear to like an early 2000 like prom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but with the his- like spiked hair. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. With the frosted tips. Yeah. The frosted tips and the, the spiked hair. <laughs> oh. I was trying to think if our brother wore something like that, but he didn't have it was he wore a black suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he he was just like you know really hyped people up and everyone believed him the way that he would talk like he was just like something that people could really believe in yeah um and they would go to him for like last minute resort sort of like nothing else is working can you help us sort of thing so yeah um he had would you like to know what the cure of cancer is Yes. Okay. So I think, I think the audience or and everyone else in the world would like to know that as well. Okay. Well, I have it right here, everyone. You got it? You got yep. the answer? Yep. I want to know. Sure it. Tell us. Are you not going to tell us? Are you? I'm gonna Can you tell you. us? I'm going to okay, tell I'm ready. you. I'm ready. It's watermelon. Are you going to tell us? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's watermelon seeds. Brown. Uh-huh. Brown <laughs> corn. Watermelon. <laughs> watermelon seeds brown corn silk alcohol and carbolic carbolic acid carbolic acid 
And he would put it in a bag and administer it through, you know, like an IV. Uh, so that's it, everyone. It's uh, it's all natural, just like that. Watermelon seeds and brown brown corn silk. I love watermelon. Well, maybe you won't get cancer then. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so watermelon, what seed? Alcohol and acid. Watermelon seeds, brown corn silk, alcohol, and carbolic acid. So I just need to add two of those things into my diet. Do you have carbolic acid? No. Where do you get that? I don't know what it is. Home Depot? I'm thinking it's like a, like a cooking thing. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Brown corn silk. Yep. DIY, DIY uh, get rid of cancer. Yeah. Concoction. Got it. Yeah. The, put, it on, put it on TikTok. Everyone will get it. Everyone will try it. So uh, Luna, uh, she stayed at the hospital, the cancer hospital, but she didn't think the treatments were working. She would do five to seven uh, treatments, like bags, administrated bags a day, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a lot. And she was getting really sick. You know, she was getting sicker and she was really tired and she was just like, I want to go home. Yeah. Um. And she eventually passed by Christmas of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, is that there's like hundreds of stories just like hers. Like everyone's like, this isn't working. I, this is pointless sort of thing. Like no one was getting actually cured by this. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, he was eventually arrested um, after fleeing the country and coming back. Because Um, he was trying to treat people for a serious illness with like herbal medicine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 and faking that he was like a doctor and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do it too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Probably shouldn't treat cancer with herbal medicine. Watermelon um, seeds. Watermelon <laughs> seeds. The cure of cancer is watermelon seeds. Got it. Uh, but he served four years um, in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to jump all the way to 1997. So in 1997, Marty and Ellis uh, Rognick purchased the hotel. And um, in 2000, they announced a 10-year plan to fully restore the hotel since it was like, it was in pretty bad shape. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a hotel and then it was a hospital and now it's back to a hotel. Yeah. Um, and in 1967, a fire started in the penthouse and due to wiring. And so the fourth floor in the penthouse, the top two floors, uh, were completely burned. So, yeah. uh, it was in pretty bad shape. So they, in 2000, they restored it. And that's why you can still go there today and, and, uh, they do tours and stuff like that. So you can still stay there. Hmm. Should we do it? Yeah. Next time we're in Arkansas. I've never been. <laughs> oh, I've been once. Sorry, I just got a little PTSD. Um, <laughs> I think Arkansas sucks. Uh, <laughs> our experience really sucked. Uh, that was our first thing, Rick and I's first thing going together. It wasn't him and I, it was everyone around us. Um, I think I've told you, but um, we went with some of his army buddies. Uh, so, and eight, I'm going to tell you about the hauntings now. 
now that I gave you a little snippet of the uh, history of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So in 1880, before the hotel was even finished, in Irish, because you know how I told you that Mason people from workers from Ireland were brought in to work with the uh, limestone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So an Irish stonemason jumped to his death from room 218. Why? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, why? (laughs) He's like, I was suicidal. He was suicidal. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Why did he do that? Why? It was like, I was really sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Throughout the hotel's history, the employees have called the entity that spotted in room 218 Michael. Um, And guests have claimed of seeing hands come out of the mirror's bathroom. And the door opening and slamming shut, and a and a, a crying of a man falling, like as if he was like falling to his death, and like like calling out the screen. Oh. So um, one of the uh, they say that that's one of the most haunted rooms, uh, like with m- the most uh, activity. Yeah. And one of the workers there says, "I refuse to go into that room." Yeah, I bet, dude. Yeah. So um, in the hotel's crystal dining room, uh, employees have seen a friendly spirit in a Victorian dress. Um, And during the Christmas season or holiday season, um, and after it's like closed for the dining rooms, like closed for the night, uh, they've seen a Christmas tree with the packages like move all the way from like one side of the room to the other yeah and then um uh, and they found menus like they found menus like scattered on the floor one time like everything was clean but there's just like and they left for the night and then the next morning they came and everything was still clean but there was like menus everywhere and Um, one time they found like the chairs and the tables like in a perfect circle mm-hmm. just really bizarre that is really creepy <laughs> <laughs> they were just in they were just doing a meeting um, the ghosts are just like we're just trying to have like a little like group ghost a ghost meeting therapy session like ghost therapy you know, sessions we need to talk it out we meet once every, the first wednesday of every month <laughs> we need to talk it out <laughs> um and once one time an, an employee or a uh, she was a server looked into the mirror in, in the mirror in the crystal dining room and mm-hmm. saw a man and a woman and Victorian clothes, like a wedding dress and a tuxedo. Yeah. Um, but they're Victorian style. And they were like looking at each other as if they like just got married. And then the man like turned because they're facing this picture. He turned and looked at the waitress in the eyes and they made eye contact. And then all of a sudden, like they both faded away from the mirror. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, and obviously, like the the waitress quit that day. Yeah, she's, she's like, like bye. <laughs> not doing this. I do not get paid enough for this. Like, I literally don't get a paid enough paid enough to get haunted. 
I'm not looking, not making eye contact with this ghost in the mirror. Yeah. Um, so, and they've seen, they've, uh, Dr. Baker, the cancer doctor, has been seen spotted in the lobby multiple times, like, all the time. He's seen all the time. Um, and then... The ghost? The scene? Uh, Dr. Baker, the cancer doctor. Yeah. He's been spotted in the lobby of That's the weird. hotel. Yeah, like, dude, like, this guy, like, who was terrible to people, like, he they see him i'd be like ah stay away i do not need your watermelon i do not need your watermelon seeds i eat enough <laughs> i eat enough now i got watermelons growing inside of me his soul is attached to the hotel because it was like his life that was his, his life yeah his life um a nurse has also been spotted per- uh pushing a gurney that's um and it like down by where the morgue used to be mm-hmm. like she's been spotted pushing a gurney and it like will make noise like the like the wheels like go go squeak squeak squeaker squeaker <laughs> squeak squeak squeaker <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh one time a hotel maintenance guy witnessed all the washers and dryers just turn on like by themselves randomly mm-hmm. um and it was in it was in the middle of the night, and which he was in the laundry room, obviously. And the laundry room is like right next to where the morgue used to be. Yeah, and they actually still uh, like have stuff set up in the where the that room, uh, for like viewings or whatever. Um, there's still the walk-in freezer and still the autopsy table mm-hmm. out for people to look at uh so uh yeah it's just wild I don't think I would want to see that housekeepers claim that they have met a cancer patient in the room in room 419 named Theodora 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 stop I see you're making fun of me your last name is stop Theodore, stop it. <laughs> Theodore, stop it. So oh God, I hate my last name. <laughs> um Theodora, uh, she'll appear- stop it. <laughs> so she will appear, introduce herself, and then vanish after you like she'll say, Hi, I'm Theodora. I'm a cancer patient. Theodora, um, stop it. <laughs> and she'll say like you know you'll say hello and then goodbye and then she'll just do you have to say hello goodbye you'd be like holy shit dude. you poop your pants she's just like why'd you do that okay goodbye <laughs> goodbye yeah she'll like after like you you like do your exchanges the the you know the polite exchanges and mm-hmm. then she just disappears um <laughs> she's just like why do people poop their pants when she they see me? Oh, <laughs> like, what did I do? I'm just a nice, I'm just the nice Theodore. Stop it. <laughs> Every time I see someone, I want to say hi, but they always poop their pants. So I politely <laughs> say goodbye. 
then leave she's like god people are weird around here why do i have to get stuck here the 20th century is a bizarre place to be (laughs) uh so um also a cook at the hotel uh he's claimed i do not drink like i don't drink on the job i don't drink you know Mm -hmm. at home i don't drink but he said there's been two incidents where he has wanted to drink and so one kind of uh, like a shining instance scenario. I've never seen the shining, so I can't relate. Oh, you should probably watch it. I'm not gonna go into it. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I've never seen Friday the thirteenth, and I'm gonna watch it with my friend Bree tonight. Oh fun. Yeah. Well, I guess there's like 15 of them and yeah. I I we're gonna like start from the beginning. One one Christmas, our our dad gave me some of the DVDs. The Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, a bunch of them. What the heck? I was not allowed to watch that stuff when I was a kid. He was like, "I thought you would like these." I don't have them anymore. I'm but. really upset right now, M- mother. <laughs> if you're listening, thanks a lot. I turned out great. Uh, so, uh. <laughs> Turned out great, says you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's wrong. You watched Friday the 13th, and that's why you are like you are, and I am like I am, because I didn't. Look at me. What's wrong with me? Nothing. (laughs) There's a lot of things, but (laughs) at least I'm not. At least least you're not one. That is true. Oh, my God. This is totally off subject. Ryan was like, "Can I ask you a serious question?" And I was like, "Oh no, my like stomach drops." <laughs> he's like, yeah. Can you please promise to never one day like just like snap and kill me? And I was like, "Why are you asking this?" Is he worried about you? <laughs> I know. I was like, just because like I like true crime doesn't mean I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> and Not- I'm listening right now. <laughs> I just was like Ryan. I was like, that was your serious question. Are you kidding me? I'm so worried. (laughs) (laughs) I just laugh. I'm like, what? No. (laughs) I always tell uh one time I asked Rick, I was like, if I like had to kill someone, would you help me bury the body and cover it up? And he's like, No, I would turn you in. I was like, with you <laughs> he's like no you're you're going to jail <laughs> um anyways back on topic uh so this cook he was like there's been two in- encounters where he felt like um he was tempted to drink and once he saw he was cooking breakfast like getting the day started mm-hmm. and uh he was uh ch- chopping up vegetables and looked up and saw a boy with thick, you know, those thick, thick, thick glasses um, and knickers skipping across the kitchen. Ew. Oh. And then another time uh, when he was opening up the kitchen door and turned on all the lights, all the pots and pans came flying off the hooks. Oh, my like God. Was, like, went, whoosh, right across the room. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, the hotel, obviously, like I said, there's guides now, like tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then one, one time, one of the guides said they once met a couple on a tour that were on their second night there. And when they went to sleep, they just went to sleep with just the sheet on, no comforter. Yeah. Um, and they woke up in dripping sweat with the comforter on them and like tucked in, like, you know how like you can tuck yourself in? Yeah. You know, like they were tucked into the comforter and that happened three times to them that night. Yeah. Um, and then two, another time, two guests checked into a room, uh, 221, and they went to the elevator after checking in, got off on the second floor, and they met a man in all black Victorian attire. And they were thinking, like, oh, this guy's like playing the part of like the mm. Victorian. Yeah. Um, he's a prop. Yeah. Um, so they met this guy and he was like, do you need help? Uh, getting to your room and they're like yes please um because they thought he was an employee so mm-hmm. he takes them to their room to 221 and unlocks the door with a key um they walked back into the room they walked into the room and like realized like oh shoot we forgot to to tip him because he was just standing there so <laughs> yeah he's like uh yeah he was just okay. standing there smiling and so they they turn around to tip him and he was gone oh um didn't want the tip apparently not so they went back down like the next day like they do their thing they go back down the next day to the front lobby and they're like hey we like we meant to tip this guy but he was gone and the employee at the at the desk was like there's no one of that description that works here oh geez so uh yeah that's there's a lot of other incidents but i uh wanted to try to uh cut this a little short so uh yeah that is the story of I love I love haunting stories I'm sorry go ahead that's okay that's the story of Crystal Hotel and you can still go there today so if you're ever in Arkansas oh it's like Crystal Lake (gasps) dude yeah Crystal oh no it's not Crystal it's Crescent Hotel oh sorry you got me excited for a second because I said it (laughs) wrong um, but yeah, Crescent Hotel, and it's at 75 Prospect Avenue in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I want to go. Ooh. I want to go too. It'd be fun. Maybe I don't think I could bring myself to stay the night there, but I would definitely go and do a tour. I'd love to stay a night at a haunted place. My friend was just telling me how she stayed at this haunted. Um, I forget what it was. She's probably going to listen to this and be like. Screaming at you like, yeah, it's like this place. Yeah, um, but she stayed at this haunted um, place with her dad when she was, like, younger, and she didn't, she didn't, she was, like, wanting to see, like, something so bad, and her dad, like, spooked, like, pranked her in the middle of the night, her, and she was thinking it was, like, a haunting. (gasps) No! And she was so mad. I was, like, I wouldn't disown my father for I would punch him in the face like you kidding the, me you kidding me but she was like <laughs> and we didn't end up not seeing anything you have to like pay a lot to like stay the night there um it's an old place where like they kept slaves and I forget what that's called I can't um it's was it on like a what is it a plantation yeah it was a plantation Oh, okay, sorry okay. I was having a brain fart for what the word was that's okay um but they stayed on an old plantation that was like said to be haunted 
So, and you can like pay to stay there, but she didn't see anything and her dad pranked her. And I was like, that sucks. Dude. What a jerk. Yeah. And then I was telling her how we went, we did that ghost tour that time in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And I thought we were in one of the houses and I, we were like in the basement of it that I guess that had a lot of energy and I definitely could feel the energy in the basement. I don't know if it was like the props that they had, like how cold it was in there, but like it definitely gave you the chills. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't experience anything like that, but I also was not as skeptical as I was. Like I was not. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. You guys, I guess like you have to like accept the like you do, you have to accept the energy to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend Bree and I are actually next Friday when we go down to Anchorage, we're going to do a ghost tour. Oh, fun. You have to tell me how, or you have to tell us how that goes. I, I will. I've also done one in San Francisco when I was like 18 with my friends and that one, like we were like laughing the whole time. I'm sure they hated us. Yeah. They're like (laughs) serious. Yeah. (laughs) Ghost here. (laughs) But it was pretty cool. Like they took us like to all these like different ones and like told us the stories and stuff. It's so, very interesting. It um, really is. You could get yeah. more into that, but I think that people who can like sense energies and ghosts and spirits are like really interesting. Yes. Oh yeah, me too. Like people that say they like, can they can talk or see things, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I don't want to see anything. I don't know if I told you, but Ryan's dad was telling us some ghost stories, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." I want to <gasps> you were, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I sent spirits and stuff, or like energies, and I was like, this is, "That's crazy." I don't know how I could live that way. I know, and that's the thing is, like, I wouldn't want to. Like, I don't want to see. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to sense anything. No. I know. I, I like to hear the stories and I like to tell the stories, but don't, I don't want to see anything. I think I, I like to believe that I, sometimes I have been able to sense it. I think my last house was haunted because like sometimes in the middle of the night, I th- would think that I would like be hearing footsteps or like noises or like people like rustling around. I hate that. And I don't know if it was just like the house and it's like freakiness. Yeah. But definitely like there was one time that I remember like thinking there was like I heard footsteps and I thought it was my roommate and I was like I do not want to get up right now to like no. check to see if it's him or not Ooh. and went to the bathroom and I was like I could get like I could be murdered right now like there could be some I thought there was someone in my house but it probably was a ghost and I think it was murdered one time we got maggots and maggots are like kind of hard to get yeah and it was like they were coming from literally nowhere like, I called my landlord, and he was like, I have no, like, we've never had maggots before. He was like, was there any source of food or, like, flies? There's nothing, like, clean house, like, nothing that would be a source for them to, like, be in. And I, like, posted in a, our, one of our true crime groups. Yeah. And the people were like, it's probably definitely, like, haunted <laughs> like are you sure like there hasn't because usually maggots are like a sign of like evil energy yeah I was just gonna say that's not a good energy yeah like or bad energy like there's like a sense of like something deceased I'm really glad that you got out yeah there's that's probably that- dead bodies under the house uh <laughs> you should probably check on your roommate mm, 
Okay, it's fine. In, in, in the sense of like, he's probably doing it. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Allegedly, <laughs> maybe not. But he was a very nice person. So, yeah, so was Ted Bundy. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. I'm not calling your roommate a murderer. I should, if he's listening, ex roommate. So, ex roommate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I don't I'm know if he'll ever listen to this. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. He listens to me. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> he's like, I'm not a murderer. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I thought you liked me. Shout out. He was a good roommate. He really was. He was a good roommate. He was a very nice person. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we got to go. Yes. But uh, please check us out on Did You Take My Shirt on Facebook. Um, Did You Take My Shirt? D-Y-T-M-S. D-Y-T-M-S. D-Y-T-M-S podcast. Podcast. Uh, DYTMS podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you take my shirt at gmail.com and uh, like and subscribe us? Or not like, you can't do that. Uh, subscribe to <laughs> our uh, shows on or to our podcast on Spotify and on Apple uh, Podcasts or on iTunes. Um, Please leave us a review. It definitely helps us. And check out our Patreon if you want to become a Patreon donor. That's Mm -hmm. Did You Take My Shirt uh, on Patreon.com. $5 a month. You can see our videos and you can see me making weird faces. And you can see why she was distracting me. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I was tripping naked like a chicken tender. Just kidding. I wasn't doing that, Mother. But she she wasn't. I promise. Keep the pe- people curious. If anything, you did. no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, we'll see you next Friday. All right. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye. Be good. Be safe. Take care of yourself and drink water. Bye bye.